Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin. And my guest today, a good friend of mine, we grew up at Capitol Heights together, and he's now a stand-up comedian. Mr. Simon Says, thank you for joining me. What's up? What's up, James? Man, good to see you, man. Long time, man. You all be on the West Coast. <laughs> yeah, man. I had to rush, get dinner ready, and all that stuff, man, before we could do this. So I appreciate you. I appreciate you hanging in there with me to get this done. Oh, no problem. Even though you said Capitol Heights, I'm gonna let that slide. I'm from C Pleasant, but my, my aunt lived on your uh, um, on your family street. That's how that's how I, I you thought I was from Capitol Heights. My aunt lived on Balboa. Man, look, don't ruin it. <laughs> Capitol Heights, they <laughs> same zip code, but your zip code two zero seven four three. Yeah, hey, same zip code, definitely different early. <laughs> so when when did you start? When did you first start performing stand up? Um, it was 2008, um, July 2008. How I remember was um, I was supposed to start doing comedy that Father's Day, which was that June. This is a true story, too, because I never really told this story. I was saving this. Um, close friend of mine, he was like, I'm going to take you to do an open mic down in Northeast Washington, D.C. I was like, all right, bet I'm going to try, I'm going to try. So uh, he dropped me off the night before Father's Day. He dropped me off in the house. I'm gonna come get you tomorrow. We're gonna bring out the old school as Father's Day. We're gonna go and have some fun. So I waited for him, waited for him, waited for him. He answered none of my phone calls. I said, oh, this ain't like my man. This family stood me up. So around like six o'clock, my mother called my phone and was like, um, I'm sorry what happened to your friend. That is so sad. I'm like, what you talking about? Then I go on the uh, TV. It was like, uh, home invasion in Capitol Heights, Maryland. And a guy was killed in front of his wife and kids. So, last thing I remember was, you know, John telling me he was going to go get his wife and the two daughters because they was getting their hair done late that night before Father's Day. So he picked them up. This is what the wife told me. He picked them up when they got home. He saw that the door was cracked to their house. And all she heard him say, what you doing in my house? She heard two gunshots and she saw a dude run past the car. And, um, that was how I supposed to have started comedy. I wasn't going to do it, but his wife insisted that, no, this is something John would have wanted you to do. He really talked about you, thought you was funny. You know, I used to be on the block, Jonah. And um, she took me to, ended up taking me to my first comedy show at uh, Martini's and, uh, I mean, Club Elite, Club Elite in Temple Hills, Maryland. That was where that's my first time I started comedy. So did you, you actually went through with it the same night or you waited a couple weeks? A month. We had to get them in the ground and all that stuff, you know, with the barium and all that stuff. So it took about a month. Okay. Okay. It took about a so, month. So in your whole time doing stand-up, have you ever been booed off stage? Nah, I ain't never been booed, lock on wood, but, you know, I have witnessed, <laughs> the, you know, a lot of comedians, they fear the silence, like they're not laughing, but sometimes they can be listening. But that tends to happen to me in like smaller rooms, like when it's not a lot of people. That's that's like laughing is contagious, and black people, especially black people, they don't want to seem like they're the only one laughing. Room full of people, crowd easy because it's it's just contagious. Twelve people, oh man, you gonna work that night? <laughs> <laughs> I hate a show like that, especially with the promoter. Oh, it's gonna be packed. You get there, oh man, they coming. It's, it's the 10 o'clock, bro. They're not coming. It's <laughs> a so comedy show. They're not coming, bro. Man, you so, so, so like, so the audience is small as 12. 
Yeah, you still got to give it your all, whether it's four or 4,000. You don't know who's the, who's the four. The four could just be as important as the 4,000, for real, for real. You don't know that. But you going you gonna to work, though. You going to work. <laughs> when they hit you with the eye, you know, especially if it's, if it's more dudes, because dudes don't really like to laugh. They don't want, they too cool. They be like, ah, boy, that's all they're going to give you. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> ah, you know, that's like, look. Uh, so, so basically, so basically, it's not a good thing that the the to do a stand up in front of a bunch of a cool bunch of cool dudes, huh? Right, bunch of cool dudes. No, it ain't a good thing. Man, I, I, you know, that that's just so weird, man. Like, I thought actually, you know, when you explain it, it would make sense because I was thinking, well, it probably would be easier to do a smaller room, but like you said, if if, if laughing is contagious, so yeah. But if you get all 12 laughing, that, I guess that would be better, right? <clears throat> than the big one? Or? Yeah, no, nah, no. Nah, I mean, it doesn't really matter. Like I said, it could be 12 or 12,000. Everybody deserves a laugh. I don't care about the number. I'm just saying, you ask any comedian, you're going to work harder in a smaller crowd than you are in a bigger crowd. So what's the biggest crowd you, you've had to perform in front of, since you said the smallest? Um, I performed like in front of 4,000 people before. Oh wow! How was that? Yeah, that was easy. Laughing contagious. That was easy. That was that was easy. That was real easy. You remember what venue it was? Um, yeah, um, Jiffy Lube Joint down Virginia. Oh, okay, okay. What's that? Woodbridge, right? Yeah, Woodbridge. How'd you get that? How'd you get that gig? Um, it was in front of the headliner was Keith Sweat. The I knew the promoter, and um. That that joint, he asked if he wanted us to do comedy in front of Key Sweat and Tank. Mind you, we got there late, so we had to go after Key Sweat and Tank. I'm talking about everybody ready to make love. They want us to go up and do comedy. I'm like, man, they don't want to hear no comedy, man. People oh, wait a minute. Y'all went after them? Because he had already paid us. He was like, y'all still got to go up. Y'all still got to go up. I said, man, all right. Man, mind <laughs> you, they heard Keith done, Keith done. Sweated the joint out, tanked them, whatever did. All the Jones with his shirt off. Man, them people ain't trying to hear no car. They trying to go home and make love, man. So wait a minute, was that, was that the initial order or it got changed? What? We showed up late. We were supposed to go before us. But when we got there, we was like, damn, the traffic was terrible. We showed up late, me and this other comedian. And he still wanted us to go up. He had already paid us. Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it's better than him saying y'all late. I, I'm not right. Paying. Right. <laughs> now he had already paid us. He had already gave us the advance, so we 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 definitely went about to stiff him. Oh right, right. Okay. Oh, right. so he already paid us. Okay. Right. Okay. So you know a lot. You know us being from the environments we from. You know we deal with a lot of you know a lot of mental stuff, a lot of heartache, a lot of pain. But how has comedy helped you deal with real life situations? Oh, because you were able to talk about it and for that short period of time. You're able to escape reality, and you can make it funny. Once you're over it and you heal from it, you can make it funny. And then the, the beauty of it is, is no matter how dark it is, when somebody walk up to you and you're like, man, I went through the same thing, man. And it's like, damn, like, I ain't the only one. You be thinking like, man, like, man, that's crazy. Like, like I got a joke where, you know, I was talking about me when I was five years old, I was molested by a 13-year-old girl. And uh, you know that was that's 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 reality in a black era. You know, somebody molestation. Man. People 
they gravitate to me with that. Like, I know more guys that was molested by females than women that was molested by men. It was crazy to really get this response to it. It was like, for real? I thought I was the only one. Like, it was crazy. Yeah, you yeah you have those um those stories. You did you just started those like maybe like a maybe two. I was ago. just just talking, man, and then and it kind of caught on. It was like, man, let me start really. You know, I was just winging it. Now I'm really writing to make it more professional now. But I'm like, dang, do I just want to keep winging it because people really enjoy me just winging it? Yeah, you know what? Because I've watched them. I mean, they come off very natural, so. I don't know, maybe, maybe right now. Yeah, I don't want to sound it too scripted, right? So I'm like, maybe I'm up overthinking it, but I just wanted to be, you know, something more professional looking. But I mean, it's people just started like gravitating to it. I just was talking like this. Let me just tell y'all a story. Boom. The next thing you know, a thousand views, all these inboxes, all these reshares. I'm like, I really what? Even trend. It's like, I have the dumbest luck sometimes. Like, some things I, it'll pop off, and I'll be like, I wasn't even really trying, and, and it'll pop off. Case in point, you remember when I used to do them, I bet you won't Adams. Remember when I used to put people's business out there on Instagram? I know you remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't, you know, that started out as an accident. I wasn't even trying. I wasn't even trying. Matter of fact, Instagram hadn't had video yet, they, they just had DM. And um, it was a Steve Harvey post. It was a Family Feud post. And the caption read, I bet you won't at your friend and tell her something you've done. And uh, this girl added her best friend. Like, one night we was on vacation. We got drunk and I slept with your husband. It was for real, bro. Like, it, it, 4,000 comments. And I was like, what? Like, it was a, it was a repost. I just reposted a, a, a picture. And it, that thing just took off. Yeah, I mean, it's sometimes it's, it's not even, you know, sometimes it's not what you plan. It's just, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just be the moment. And it's like, man, you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be careful what you be getting known for, though, because then they'll always, you know, they want you for that. And it's, it's, it's scary because that's not what I wanted. I didn't want the drama. I try to, every time I try to get away from it, that's what I'm known for, though. It's like, oh, they don't want to hear all this positive stuff. Oh, Simon, you lost weight. That's cool. We don't want we want we want the fat drama Simon back. They don't want the I'm trying to like get away from that, but just be careful what you get popular for because it'll stick with you. And I mean, you just gotta, I mean, it's it's just gotta be a slow transition, but you gotta yeah. be, you gotta be consistent yeah. with the transition though. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. But you know, you know, it's you know, the newspapers and news, they don't post nothing positive because they won't sell newspapers if they post the stuff positive stuff. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, they, 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 they could, you know how many positive stories it is? I mean, they could print a whole newspaper right there, positive stuff. But why would they do that? Yeah. That don't sell. You know, it's funny, uh, you, you brought up the news and my, and my mother, man, every like every couple weeks or so, she'll be like, did you watch the news? No, nah, I didn't watch it. <laughs> you, need to, you know, you need to watch the news. You need to be paying. I'm like, mom, I got a phone. I'm like, if it's that important, CNN going to learn me. The news going to learn me. It comes, like, everything comes to your phone now. So if it's significant, like when that airstrike hit, I, that, that came to my phone. I needed right. to know that. So if that shit don't come to my phone, that mean I don't need to know it. <laughs> 
<laughs> now you recently, well, not recently, but then like the last, I think what two years you moved to Atlanta about two years ago, right? Yeah, I'd be two years in May. Yep. So, did you feel that that you needed to move in order to get success? That too, yeah, yeah, that too. Um, I felt as though I needed to move because I just had too much drama in my personal life. I needed a new scenery, but. Then when I got down here, it was like, oh man, I could just, I could just be me. I can go to Walmart, get a T-shirt, and just walk around dingy looking. I ain't got to worry about somebody. Hey, take a picture with me, man. Let's post it on Instagram. You know, you can't do that back home. You can't just walk. I can't just run to the store or anything. I I walk around here in my house coat, <laughs> in my bathrobe. You know what I'm saying? Like I go yeah. outside my bathrobe with some, it's a basketball shorts. Don't nobody know who here. Who care who I am? I'm living. In, I'm, I'm I, I live like 40 minutes outside of Atlanta, but I got to go in Atlanta every night, you know what I'm saying? But I'm in, I'm in like a little plate compared to like Northwest D.C. So oh, okay, okay. I can just be a Bama and don't nobody up there. <laughs> you can, I can't go to no store, bruh. Like, no, somebody gonna tag me on. I got to, to go get some gas. I got to go on Versace chain and all this and all that. But watch on, like, man, it's crazy. Hey, man, so, you set some high standards. Nah, but I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why I had to move, and this is the problem with every 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 entertainer in the DMV area. And I was, and I and I'm and me too. It was I definitely was a part of that. And this is the reason why I think the music, go go, everything don't take off in DC, because we are too accessible. Entertainers don't act like superstars or stars. They cool with just being that local hood celebrity. Everybody can't have your phone call phone number. Everybody can't know your personal life. You know, like, the biggest name in Go-Go, you be talking to somebody like, I'm calling right now. Everybody can call that person. You know what I'm saying? They got too much access. Either the guys or girls are sleeping with everybody in the same town. There's just too much access. There's no mystique about anybody. It's no, dang, like, dang, he really moving different. No, you're you're popular, but you're moving you're closing out bars and clubs like regular people. And, and, and sometimes you got to set yourself different or nobody won't see you as that mega star that you think you are because they have a lot of access to you. It's pretty interesting. You grew, if you grew up with me, you're supposed to know me. If, we, okay. if, we, if you know me over 10 years, you're supposed to know me. But if you don't know me, you ain't supposed to know me, bro. Okay, okay. I see what you're saying. I see what you're like saying. we we know we known each other. We got that time and you know my first name. You know you know me. I know you. We had a good conversation. You got my number. But everybody's putting out if I if I have the same relationship with you that I got over 20 years with some cat I just known for six months that ain't really my man, but he got the same Yeah, I just talked to him the other day, bro, bro, doing this, bro, doing that. Something wrong with that. Okay, I see what you're saying. So, unless they unless they worth networking with, regular Joes ain't supposed to have that much access to you, bro. Okay. I see what you're saying. So it was so you you felt like it was just too many people that did access. Yeah, yeah, and that's the problem with everybody there. You you you're gonna have to leave because it's just a town where everybody it's like cheers. Everybody know your name, everybody know your business, everybody know this, everybody know that. But everybody ain't supposed to know all that. So what so so Atlanta, I mean Atlanta's kind of becoming like the mecca. Uh, entertainment. Do, do you feel it's a little crowded down there, or? Um, I don't know. <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't know. So I couldn't really. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can you find? Yeah, see, Atlanta. It's like any other inner city, but the, when the fact of it is, you don't know yet. 
like I'm not in the in the midst of everything. I don't want to be in the midst. I'm just here to I'm here to make a name for myself and not be so accessible like I was back home. And I can do that here because I don't have that pressure here because nobody knows who the hell I am, really. So how often do you go back home? Uh, I'm sorry, not home. How often did you go back in Atlanta? I go to Atlanta uh, for auditions and club nights every uh, at least a week. Okay, that's not bad. Well, I mean, how? So, um, what's you so do you what, what what you say the biggest difference between Atlanta and DC? What would you say the biggest difference? Oh man, listen. You can meet a Joe Blow here and they be like, yeah, uh, let's exchange information. And you get that cat information, this cat really be somebody. You be like, yo, who is this person? This cat can have the blue check on Instagram, 300 million followers. You like, I don't know who this person is. And this person is the man or that person you need to know. And that could be a regular dagular down here. They, they don't, everybody thinks they somebody down here and they really be somebody like, and it trips you out because A-list, A-list celebrities just walk around down here. Don't nobody be tripping. They, they be like, hey, what's up? None. You know, back home, you see an A-list celebrity, you see Gucci Man and Keisha Kua walk past you. Oh, man, I'm they start, you starstruck. Oh, and, oh, but you, so what you're saying is you see so many down there. It, yeah. Yeah. So, we, so this was something that I, I watched um I watched Kevin Hart's um, documentary. I don't know if you had a chance to check it out. Yeah, I, I seen. I did. I, that, I enjoyed that that last one because it was real. Yeah, it was actually really good. Let me ask you: How do you feel about comedians having um, a team, like a team of writers? No. Um, when you get to that level, you you get to that level, you have to. When you get to that level, you have to because there's no way you can stay at that level for that long without fresh ideas. And everyone has had it. Eddie had it when he was the man, you know. I don't know if people know this, but everybody, when Eddie was 19, when they, when every, he put the whole Keenan family on, Robert Townsend, everybody had that writer's credit for Eddie Murphy. When he was the man, a lot of people blew up over Eddie because they wrote for him. They figured like, okay, he's hot. He's black, he's hot. Listen. If Eddie will stamp me and say, hey, I wrote for Eddie. Keenan got his whole family on off of credit of writing for Eddie Murphy. He went to, he went to Fox. I never knew that. I never knew he, he, he went to Fox and was like, yo, I, I wrote for Eddie. And they're like, oh, for real? We'll give you a show. <laughs> You're a great writer. Oh, we'll give you a show. <laughs> yeah, because Eddie was just that hot. Like them, them when, Ke when, when Kevin Run is over, them cats can still go get work. So I respect it. You understand what I'm saying? Because it's easy for him to say, so I know Spank personally. So Spank told me he would he Kevin give him about two hundred thousand dollars a year, right? That's the tall one. So it's easy for somebody to say, huh, he go two hundred thousand dollars a year, but to actually put you in a place where you can work for it, change your whole life. And that's your homie. I don't I I, I love it, man. I really love it. If I had a team like that, five or six cats that'd be like, look, I'm getting paid XYZ, but I can you can stop working for that company, come work for me, and I can pay you twice as much you was making over there. Why wouldn't you? So, so okay, so I guess because I don't really know the process. So how does the process work? It's like they provide you some material, you kind of like bounce ideas off each other? Right, and they'd be like, oh, that might not be funny, try it this way, or let me give you this, and 
you know, you try this way, or you could be having writers block, like, man, I want to talk about this, and you brush it off them, and they got a whole spin to it, and you can just be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna take that, but I'm gonna I'm gonna use that for that. Like it's 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 I see the value in it because everybody they're not gonna let all of them get on. So if you got one person getting on, it's like okay, I can be Scotty Pippen, I can still get in the Hall of Fame, and I can still win. So do they get do in most instances do they actually get credit for writing or it's kind of like ghostwriting almost? Well, see, he stamped his people. You know what I'm saying? He stamped his people, so it's like you know who his people is. His people, if if he if tomorrow Kevin Hart decide I'm done with comedy, his people that he stamped could go to one of the the the, the networks and be like, hey, yo. You know who I am. Uh, let me get a a a a a a thirty minute special. Okay, I see what you're saying. Or let me let me let me get a let me get a show that I produce and write. I got some funny ideas. Who's not gonna give it to him? The cat. You know what I'm saying? Like like he put he put his team in a position to win when when his time is over. Yeah, I actually like that documentary. I like um. They, well, I enjoy it. I, you know, I you know I enjoyed that because I lived some of that stuff he went through. So that was to me, that was better than any of his stand-up. That that made me a fan of Kevin Hart. Like I always respected his his work ethic. He outworks everyone, but I never thought he was like ha 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 funny. But when I saw that, I said, Oh, he's he's in my top five now. I'm not gonna lie. It's not because of his body of work, it's because I see he went through trials and tribulation. He learned from it. The main thing is you got to learn from it. And he grew from it. I only grew from it. He, he, he impacted so many others around him lives, financially, mentally, physically, spiritually. You can't hate on that, bro. Like, if you hate, you hate that, there's something wrong with your soul. Yeah. It's, 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 but I've heard a lot of people that say, like, um, you know, they didn't, they, they're not really fans of his stand-up, which for me, I'm kind of on the fence. Like, I, there's some things it is I like, some things that I don't. Um, it just depends. Like, um, his first ones were really funny. I haven't, now, a lot of people didn't like that last one, but I, I enjoyed the last one. Here's the defense to that. Here's the defense to that. When you start getting different type of money, you can't say certain type of stuff. You can't <laughs> be ignorant Negro you was on the first chance. Yeah, that's true. That's because he proved that. From Mike Mike and then putting the bag up to corporate America putting the bag up. Corporate America not gonna go for that. They 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 don't they don't they're not gonna go for just everybody in your hood buying your 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 stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like Netflix is not interested in a comedian that can sell out in the hood. They want you to be. Are they laughing at you in South Dakota or, or Idaho? Have you ever, so? Do you know the process of that? Like getting on Netflix? Have you ever? Do you ever know the process? Unless you're a big name, you gotta you gotta pay for it. Oh, you gotta pay. Yeah, those little small town comedians that they pay to get them. They'll give you if you give them. Ten to twenty thousand dollars, and say, "Hey, I'll give you ten to twenty thousand dollars." Already edited, it's already found. Just put it on there. You know, if I make the money back, I make the money back. If I don't, I don't. You ain't you putting them in the equity position because they ain't, they ain't spending no money. So how do you know how they? So how would it, 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 it might be about fifty grand. So if, if somebody got a finished product, a produce they don't got to produce and everything, they go to Netflix and say, "Hey, I'll give you fifty thousand. You give me six months." 
Netflix ain't in the position. Okay, if don't nobody watch your stuff, you don't get no money back. Okay, <laughs> like you know how they get the money back. Like, if let's say you did one, yeah, you, you get the money back because you blow up off of it. <laughs> oh, like streams and stuff. No, like oh, I seen him on Netflix. I got to go see him. I oh, okay, okay, okay. So it's not really. So you don't really get it on the front end. It's kind of like no. on the back end. Back and you get it. You put the fifty thousand up, like hopefully a million people watch this, and then my life changed from this. Is that something you ever considered doing, you personally? Oh, because it's the it's the it's the old Def Jam. It's ass backwards now. That's the Def the Def Jam era. Yeah, I would have done it, but that don't work no more because Kevin Hart is the last of the Def Jam era. You have to get that movie TV credit and then come back and say, Hey, yo, I do stand up too. So what about, how do you feel about the Instagram comedians? I love it, man. I ain't got nothing against them. No, I, I personally, I never had any hate for somebody taking a free app changing their whole life. I, I can't hate on that. I can't find myself to hate on it. Them cats got kids. Them cats got mouth to feed. They took a free app and wherever they came from, they blew up off of it. More power to them. Um, I respect the ones that really can do stand-up, but the ones that get themselves booked as stand-up comedians and then they're not funny, I have a problem with that. I do have a problem with that, but I have no problem with anyone taking a free app changing their life. Did you, did, I mean, is it, cause you do a little bit of, you do, a, I'm not gonna say a little bit, but you're not, I don't, I'm trying to make this I'm sound. Not a, I'm not a type of comedian, I'm not an internet, I'm not an Instagram comedian. There you go. I was, I came, when I started, when I got popular, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't there yet. It started like, three or four years after I became popular. I'm like the bridge and the gap. I can, like, older comedians, they hate it. Young comedians, they just don't see the value in stand-up. I'm like, I'm like, if rap, if you want to say rap, I'm like Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne is respected by the OGs, and he's respected by the younger crowd, too. Got you. Got you. I got you. I see what you're saying. Then you was mentioning you 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 kind of went into it. So who is your top five? Um, comedians. Yeah, comedians. Richard, Eddie. Oh, this was good. Corey Holcomb. Uh, Eddie Griffin. And uh, somebody can, Lisa Lampanelli, that I can watch all the time. I never heard of her. Out of all the people you mentioned, I never heard of her. Of her? I heard of her, but I never heard her work. You never heard of who? Lisa, Lisa? Lampanelli. Oh, man. Big white chick, racist, talks about white people, <laughs> black people, and can get away with it. <laughs> Oh, you know what? I think I did hear her joke. She said something about a for sex or something, right? She's very nasty potty mouth, but the only she can get away with it. Hmm. So if I get a top five for me, and like for me, again, I guess it's because of the era I grew up in. But I'm always gonna put Eddie Murphy first. So for me, it's Eddie Murphy first, then then second is Martin. Third is Chappelle. Fourth is Chris Rock. And fifth. Uh, I'm sorry, man. I got a two-year-old in the background. 
Yeah, it's cool. We're we gonna get through it. I'm trying to think who I would put fifth. Um, I guess I would leave that because those those people I named those are like my favorites. Like those are my heavy hitters. Now I listened to that. Um, I listened to that Dion Cole one. I, it was that one was pretty funny, but I didn't get through it yet. Right. I, that's the only one that I, I'm like. I had it on my um, Netflix. And, and and if you ask the comedians who their top five is, that's gonna be their comedy style. Oh yeah. If you ask a comedian who your top five comedians, you can kind of figure out that that's their comedy style. If they tell you Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, them type of cats, it's gonna be that different type of sense of humor. They're gonna be that kind of stand up. If you if they start out with the Eddies and the Richards and Martins and the Bernie Max, you know they're gonna push the envelope. So you cause see, I, I put I put um I like Chris Rock and Chappelle because they they more like storytellers, especially Chris right. Rock. They're gonna be that they're gonna be that type of storyteller. You gonna have to wait to the end of the joke to get it. They're not gonna be they're not gonna pile it up like like funny on top of funny on top of funny on top of funny. It's gonna be like at the end they're gonna do callbacks. They're gonna be they're gonna educate you while they talking, and it's, it's still gonna be envelope pushing, but it's gonna be like oh, oh, oh they crazy. It's not gonna be that. Bust your gut every two seconds, funny. Yeah. So if you could work with any comedian, who would it be? Um, dead or alive? Yeah, yeah, dead or alive. Uh, if I could work with any comedian in the world, who would it be? Yeah. Uh, I would love to have worked with Bernie Mac. Um, it was something about him. it. Just I know if I had a chance, if I had a chance to meet him, you know, he probably I probably could have learned a lot from him. I just thought he was just that underdog. He wasn't. He was. He didn't start out no marketable cat. He 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 did it his way, and he still made it. You know what I'm saying? People still respected him. Yeah, he was he was one of my favorites too. Yeah. I, it was it was real messed up when he passed away, man. I yeah, was, I was I kind of like shed a tear, like damn, Bernie gone. Yeah, it's like he was just getting started too. Right, that's the thing. Like he was just like he was just. I mean, he you know he, of course he had been doing it for like twenty something years, so everybody knew him. But it was like he was starting to really go to that next level, and then unfortunately he passed. But I know you got a lot going on, and I definitely appreciate you doing this. I wanted to give you a chance before we go to make yeah, sure. Yeah, I apologize. I'm dad. It's rough when you got a little. Yeah, I know. It's all good. But before you go, let's let, let's make sure we let the people know how they can follow you. Um, I don't really give out my Facebook anymore because that's my real name. I don't even, if I know you, I really know you. <laughs> But, um, you can follow me on everything at Simon Says Crazy, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, everything. Simon Says Crazy, the one word you can find me on everywhere. You're not getting my Facebook though. <laughs> nah, I ain't nothing on there anyway. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I don't, I don't do nothing on there anyway. Y'all don't care about all that other stuff. I don't, I don't really post my family. I don't do all that no more. So, well, look, man, I definitely appreciate your time. I appreciate you even. I'm honored for you. Real talk, you've been rocking me and been getting like 
been saying positive stuff throughout the years. And I know I don't really respond like I'm supposed to because I'd be so busy and I'd be, I'd be, I'd be doing so much. But I really, every message you ever send me, I really appreciate. It. I just want to tell you that person. I really, from the bottom of my heart, you, even if it was a, you did a thumbs up on something, I was like, damn, he really be watching my stuff. I really appreciate that because you know me. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. that's the roughest thing. I can, I can. The people who really know me don't support me like that. You know, it's, it'd be total strangers that I met later on in life that that supported me. The people that was there with me when before I even was a comedian, when I was just V, they, it's like, it's like, it's just like in the Bible that people that was from Jesus' hometown didn't see him as Jesus. They just saw him, you know, hey, man, go ahead, man. <laughs> go ahead, man. <laughs> you know, you got, but you got to get away from your home. You got to get away from your, your own home because they don't respect you back home like they do in the world. Yeah, I, you know what? I will say, man, during the podcast, I will, I will admit. I will, you know what? I can't say I'll admit. I, I'll say this. It's easier to deal with strangers because they don't, they don't already have a preconceived notion of who you are. It's not that people have this bad opinion of me. It's just they know me. So it's like, they see me in one light and that's it. So, but yeah, you know, I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, look, I just, I just do the podcast. I record it and I put it out and those that listen, they listen and I'm, I truly appreciate it. Like, I'm not going, like, it was a point where I would, you know, I would try to keep pushing it and pushing it and I still push it, but it's like, you just got to let it be like, you put the work out, you put the effort into it. If they're gonna listen, great. If they're not, I'm not gonna, you know, catch no feelings. Like, I'm never gonna be the guy make videos talking about I don't get support. Look, man, you focus on the people who gonna support you. You got yeah. people in the room. Yeah, like I told you earlier, the four can be more impactful than four thousand. Yeah, you just focus on that. You focus on who's supporting you. Like, I never, I never waste time worrying if it's if it's ten people in the room. I'm not wasting time on the seven that's not supporting me. I'm just focused yep. on that three and keep growing that three and just keep building from there. So that's my that's my goal. So, facts, facts. But definitely, man. Again, I appreciate you doing this, and I hope every you know, I hope people will go to your pages. It's very entertaining, man. So keep keep up the great work. Thank you. I will, brother. I'm getting stickers put on me right as we speak. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to this episode. You all have a great day.